0: Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I have no fucking idea who's introducing this because it's been I four literal ever. It, it has starts been five with five or six
1: ever. Rob, I think.
2: But okay. I don't know. Why
1: not? They don't know anything, and <laughs> so we shouldn't have to either.
2: We could just introduce, <laughs> we could each introduce a different segment <laughs> oh my out, God.
3: throughout the
2: course of it. Why not? Uh, oh, God. I shouldn't have a ridiculous format
0: that just doesn't fit at all, but they're just like, We're forcing it. We're forcing <laughs> we really it. We We're, doing We're this. really
2: forcing it.
0: There's one scene that, that, that is, exists for no reason other than to be structurally twee, and it just made me so angry. Anyway, I, just,
1: I think about season one and how completely <laughs> naive we all were.
0: <laughs> we talked about how banana pants it was and how completely insane it was. We didn't know what this fucking <laughs> words meant.
2: Oh, God, we were so doe-eyed.
0: Yep. God, the innocence. We can never go back. You truly can't go home again. No. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. To River Do's and River Don'ts. It's the podcast where we break down an episode of the CW television program Riverdale, created by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, and go through our River Do's, the part of the episode that we liked the very best, our River Don'ts, the opposite of that, and Oh, our weekly weirdness, the thing that just eats into our brains and intrudes upon our daily consciousness for weeks to come, in some instances, and Boy does this episode have some of that. Today we are discussing Chapter 20, Tales from the Dark Side. Directed by Don Wilkinson and written by James DeWill. And... Wow. This is just kind of a public service announcement for you guys. We talked a lot in previous episodes about how crazy things were, or how random and insane things got, and just how fucking banana pants this show is. And I think that it's responsible of us to own up to the fact that we were we wrong. We were
2: wrong. We, we were so very,
0: very wrong. wrong.
2: We had no idea.
0: I think the scale is reset this week. And it like, just spoiler alert, does not get better next week. <laughs>
1: Doesn't come Mm-mm. back. I think that we just need to make an agreement that we will no longer make any sort of definitive statements about no the level. No superlatives at least. Yeah, no superlatives. Because I, I can Anything trust the show I'll only think. to do one thing. And that is to delve deeper and deeper into this well of insanity. It seems to be digging.
0: This is the episode that taught me to understand and make peace with the fact that there is no bottom.
1: Yeah.
2: I feel that very deeply.
1: Sometimes (laughs) in order to survive, you need to let go of the idea (laughs) that you are ever going to get out of this. (laughs) I have made that peace with Riverdale. This oh, episode, by, I by think, the way, eased the transition.
0: By the way, I'm Rob Stiff. <laughs> <laughs> I am I, Quinn Wilson.
2: I'm cat cool.
3: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <sighs>
0: okay. Yeah. Let's All talk, right, do you have what's a, there to say, but a, onward.
2: Do you have the little write-up that they did? The Known as the Black Hood Murders. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this episode just starts out the gate, like... Because, wow. Yeah, just right out the gate! Why?
0: What you were about to witness are three twisted tales connected to the tragic and macabre events that befell the town of Riverdale. Known as the Black Hood Murders, they were all the more tragic because those who bore witness to these terrible things were so young. (laughs) A seemingly random shooting quickly revealed itself to be the first in a series of gruesome attacks perpetrated by a hooded assailant. These latest chapters began with the discovery of a letter from the Black Hood affixed to the door of Pop Tate's chocolate shop.
1: Spoiler alert, almost none of that bears out to be true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, Quinn, shut up.
1: That is just a steaming pile of bullshit they have served us to frame this episode.
0: Yes. So, as you may have intuited from the self-serious tone of my narration, we begin on a grainy title crawl.
2: Oh, no. Which is like- Before that, before that, there's a record scratch. And (laughs) then- (laughs) And <laughs> then, then a, greedy, then a greedy title crawl.
0: <laughs> so in other words, because the illegitimate of son Riverdale. of the Blair Witch Project yeah. and Law and Order <laughs> presents the episode to us. <laughs> ah. Dum-dum. It's just, I can't. <sighs> I. What I mean to say is that this fucking show kicked the map into the river. Yeah. <laughs> the Sweetwater River. <laughs> oh. We begin the actual episode now, now that we've established already that this is gonna be really weird yeah
1: (laughs) just hold on to your hats folks
0: we begin with a montage of incredibly stagy readings of this letter from the black hood saying that for 48 hours the town of riverdale must cease its sinful ways and if they manage to do that black hood will just hang it up he's just gonna be done and he will resume his work if they fuck it up and let me tell you In Riverdale, people sure love reading out loud to each other. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. (sighs) Betty is beating herself up over sending Mr. Phillips to jail, where he got shot, and she points out, like, what we pointed out already. How the fuck did Black Hood just get into the sheriff's station with a gun and shoot this dude? Jughead responds with a reference to Hercule Poirot, uh, because... Why not? And (laughs) Betty comes up with some kind of epiphany and says, no, 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 it's too crazy, which this episode definitively (laughs) proves cannot be true. Penny Peabody calls in her favor for Jughead, demanding a meeting at Pop's. And she tells him that FP got jumped by some ghoulies in prison due to the move that Archie made last time, that we pointed out was real, real bad and not well thought out, where he got the ghoulies in trouble with the law, but in sort of a temporary way, so they're going to come back and be real mad. She wants money, and for Jughead to do what is pretty clearly a drug run of some kind. And of course, all of this is predicated on her not lying. But... Okay, I mean he's desperate, whatever. He needs to take a crate of air quotes pancake mix to Greendale. And <laughs> the town of Greendale is Gremlins, apparently, because you need to not be there. Based after on what
1: midnight. we know about the town of Greendale at this point, there is nothing and pleasant there. There is only sex crimes and gremlins. <laughs>
2: At what point were we supposed to think that Jughead was smart?
1: That I don't know because
0: I think he is. Tr- he I think
2: he's troped
0: as he's smart, smart, but he doesn't do smart things.
1: He is portrayed through the tropes that construct his character as being a distant. Like he's very Holden Caulfield esque. He is a sort of distant observer, and those yeah. are things that we associate with intelligence. Yeah. But the show will bear out that that need not be true.
3: No,
2: no, not at all. He doesn't seem like a smart boy. Mm -hmm. Nobody on
1: this show seems like a smart boy.
2: It's true. Where are Uh, the smart boys?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even like the literal only smart character in the show sometimes does bafflingly stupid things. So, all right. So Greendale is gremlins and the gremlins need some drugs. So Jughead needs a car because the load is too much for a bike. So then we get just smacked in the face with this title card, Archie and Jughead, with some like weird Western music, because why the fuck not? Archie recognizes that he owes Jughead big time because he fucked yeah, up. Yeah,
1: sorry I got your dad beat up. I guess I can drive you around after dark.
0: So they go to the place that Penny this specified. This crate! <laughs> this And this crate! crate!
3: <laughs> this motherfucking crate!
0: This is... For I, sure, okay. For sure, a Dybbuk box.
2: I I have so many something notes with some on this kind crate of devil as in like it. as across as across the various scenes. I realized more about it. Can I, so I'm just gonna read them all now because Please. it's not it's not worth my gradual. Oh, okay, well, I mean, okay. you're gonna step on yeah. my weekly weird. I'm from sorry, when we see but the I'm gonna. Box. Well, <laughs> you can do it as your weekly weird. But my gradual discoveries of this crate. You ready for them? Please chained crate. Why? (laughs) Then drugs is gonna escape? Yep. Okay. Next. Sides of the crate have two leather straps each? (laughs) Yep. Next. The crate says do not open. Next. The crate says Miskatonic University via H.P. Lovecraft Polar Expedition (laughs) January 13 (laughs) 1923!
0: There's definitely a small devil in there.
1: Or at least at least a miniature houdini
0: that's that's what the box that is says. that's what the box says cat yeah we have to that deal is with canon. that it was presented that's as part just of the canon
2: text. now
0: <laughs> what
2: the fuck what the fuck
0: <laughs> not only not only are the fictional works of yes, hp lovecraft canon in riverdale that. H.P. Lovecraft yep. himself was somehow involved in them. Like, <laughs> this is some fucking Kirby He got Vonnegut like page
2: mastered into his here. own book. Uh, or, guys, someone could just be really very big a nerd. <laughs>
1: <And> yeah, Penny <laughs> Peabody loves her some H.P. Lovecraft.
2: So it's not that this it was a part of the, the expedition up north, it's not that this box went through Miskatonic University. <laughs> it's that Penny yes, Peabody yes, is well, organizing right an Arkham This
3: is a
1: little-known fact, but the P in HP does stand for pancake mix. <laughs> yes. Uh,
3: Not Penny nor so
2: Peabody. So that's the thing that we have pancake to contend mix. with. Please okay. contend. <laughs> <Please laughs> chains and leather <laughs> straps.
0: I mean- I mean, yeah, you guys all—you guys all at home <laughs> listening—know what this is, what we're in now. You uh, know what this episode is. Which is not that is. weird for
2: Greendale. If we keep up with our various Sabrina media, pretty normal for Sabrina. I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, mm. just wait. <laughs> Archie, as they drive, are just—he's just. He's just on Jughead's nuts about his involvement in the serpents like his shit don't stand. I know. God damn it, Archie. You're the oh, toilet don't gun don't do guy.
1: crimes, Jughead. That's a bad idea. All you do is crimes, Archie. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I should mention earlier, as they were getting ready, you get Cheryl mm-hmm. pushing them aside and saying, out of the way, Burton Ernie. Oh, yeah. One of those uh, great, great tropes that day. I love
1: in storytelling
0: we get a maudlin discussion of what may have been with oh, them moving that's to new definitely. york and like living in the village or some shit and like this
3: may no, be explicitly no i don't know that much about reference. the archie comics
1: canon but i am pretty sure that is actually a reference to other archie comics is it not cat is there not a series where they're living in new york like as a musician
2: oh yeah yeah that is um they going to new york is like a a normal thing that happens.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Well, it's funny that they should be called Bert and Ernie before this happens, that though, because true. guess who also lives I'm, in the I'm East glad that
2: I'm glad that they were like, and those isn't people isn't a thing anymore. Bruh, that made me feel good. We'll just point out that the Bert and <laughs> it Ernie may Leo Leo It may
1: have been a reference to Archie Comics. It may have been a reference to Bert and Ernie. We will never know. <laughs> because, again, intent is something that is very difficult to suss <laughs> out with this show.
0: Indeed. So... This this conversation about either some comics or Burton or any or both is interrupted by a blown tire, and after calling Triple C, because um, yeah, after considering calling Triple C and also considering calling Betty, they agree on Kevin, like maybe Kevin can come bail us out of this. But then a creep ass trunk comes up and stops, and I just have to to really I have to take you through my moment
3: by all means experience
0: of what happens next. Because I I initially write my notes while I'm watching. Like, I just type while the thing's on. And so the note is,
3: some Tony Todd looking motherfucker,
0: then all caps, (laughs) who is Tony Todd? (laughs) Holy shit! I, I thought the dude looked like Tony Todd. Like when you just see his silhouette standing from behind him, I was like, "Dude, they got it's this exactly Tony Todd,", Tony
1: Todd.
3: and that's it so just cute. is. Rob, that's it just is Tony Todd. Uh, <laughs> My childhood
0: has come to Riverdale, and he just swoops in and instantly asks about the truck and like what's in this box and. Like, I just have to point out that even the soundtrack knows that yeah, this. Yes, no. he is just like. Start.
1: Everything about this says, do not trust this man.
0: So then Jughead just instantly forgives Archie about their ongoing That's issues. That's in the past.
1: We can put it behind just,
0: us. That's over now. And goes off with the fucking fairy man of the sticks, who admonishes him not to look at what's <laughs> under the fly blown lumpy tarp in the back of his truck. That tarp, huh? <sighs> Okay, uh, we see from Archie's perspective. So Jug- Jughead and and the Candyman are in this truck, and we discover that Greendale must be the land of the dead because Tony Dodd thought Archie yep. was Jason Blossom. Oh, thought you were that for Blossom just boy. A hot minute. Also,
1: his name—I picked this up from subtitles—is oh, McGinty. I don't know if that is a notable character in the context. Of the Archie Comics mythos, but it felt like a name that that they didn't probably just make up.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Huh. Yeah.
0: Dude's definitely got a hook for a hand, is all I'm saying. I mean he doesn't, but he he does. He's full of bees.
1: Yeah, but they start having a, a conversation.
0: And like, we get him listening to this crazy oh, evangelical yeah. culty stuff on the radio about how Black Hood is some kind of saint and Candyman is just overjoyed to share the story of apparently Mm -hmm. yet another serial killer, the Riverdale Reaper.
1: Because killing seasons come back to Riverdale.
2: It looks like a Sergeant McGinty was in a bunch (laughs) of Black Hood comics. Oh. Okay. All right.
0: Let's do it. That's awesome. So from Archie's perspective, we now get a bloody deer hobbling across the road and just straight mm-hmm. up does blue steel <laughs> from Zoolander true. at Archie. Uh,
2: what this doesn't get across is how poorly this deer was CG'd. It was
1: not great.
2: <laughs> it can't be over overstated.
1: It was not great.
2: No.
0: <laughs> the Sean oh Connery dragon dragon yeah. Dragonheart looked better. <laughs> oh my God. So that was interesting and we then see from jughead's perspective when he breaks the one rule that another bloody deer or the same one is under the tarp in the back of the candy man's truck because i'm not convinced anything it's not could happen the same one, you guys <laughs> <laughs> so
1: why was yeah. he so weird um, about them not looking at um, the tarp by the way j- like does he not have a hunting license? <laughs> I
2: think it must, no, he it said must he a had a hunting thing. license. Quinn. So, and why would he lie? Exactly. Like, <laughs> so dad.
1: why not just say, "Got a fresh kill in my in in my back part of my truck, whatever the fuck that thing's called." Don't look because in there, boys. There's deer meat.
2: Because he's going to to hold up this kid for like 10 bucks. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> this is the only way I can eat. Because, because explicitly at the time that he says that, the only purpose he has is being ominous. And then when the diner scene happens, his purpose shifts to ending the diner <laughs> scene. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> his, his motivations are very mercurial based on how we're gonna get through the next five minutes of Riverdale content
2: he had some it's not the he, best
0: like, like you get this legendary actor and this is what you Hey, he had to.
2: great lines he said there's a cycle to things he said it's killing season in Riverdale he does a yeah, lot of no, stuff I mean, <laughs> he
0: really did I mean, a lot him, with what he gave was gave... given Yeah, it's true. I mean, God bless Tony (laughs) Todd. Um, (sighs) So McGinty is just pig penning it with these flies. Just like you hear this constant buzzing of flies all around him as he sits in this diner. And he's eating what looks to be some raw meat with just the fartiest ketchup (laughs) in the world. And he tells a story about the Riverdale Reaper who shotgunned some family, maybe got lynched, maybe went to California to worship the devil because that's where you do that, and maybe stayed in Riverdale. And then- Which
1: of these choices three.
0: Of, <laughs> and and then he realizes that this story's going nowhere, so he tries to scam Jughead out of <laughs> that, the crate yes. by getting him in trouble with the restaurant, by demanding that Jughead pays- for the food, even the our <laughs> they like a go life. from building this tension of <laughs> like, like, oh, you can't, you can't pay the diner bill well I'm, I'm robbing you. They, <laughs> That's they go, go from works. building
1: this tension of, oh, is he some sort of creepy murderer too? Oh, he's just a horrible grifter. <laughs> he's he's a very bad con man.
0: <laughs> yep
1: like he knew yep. he took all of Jughead's money he told him
0: this is all I have in my wallet he's like well I'm taking your crate full of drugs then because that's you sinner <laughs> the diner lady's just no not having she's like it. I'm gonna call the police she's like, which fuck doesn't you all,
2: seem like I'm calling the cops it just seems like it's not gonna go that well for this guy <laughs> no <laughs> it's not
3: I it no, looks it's, it's so very sketchy strange.
0: <laughs> well, it's like, he can afford to take these kinds of risks, Quinn and Kat, because once the first ray of sunlight breaks, he gets pulled back to hell anyway.
3: <laughs> and, what a weird scene! It's so
0: weird. It's so weird. From,
1: it's so from an internal weird. perspective, it doesn't make any sense, because they built this tension, and then before they can even pay it off, they subvert it by saying, Give me your lunch money, kid. I need to pay for my raw meats. <laughs>
3: and fart
0: Uh, (sighs)
1: catch-up
3: why yeah no
0: it's it it... and then archie rides in like the fucking lone ranger with his debit card (laughs) to save the day and so it looks like archie's given the ride after all and then we drive off with like an explicit reference in the soundtrack to friday the 13th they just did the the friday the 13th legally distinct version of the theme So they arrive at this weird ass warehouse and they make their delivery with the do not open Miskatonic University via H.P. Lovecraft Polar Expedition, January 13th, 1923 crate to a creepy Russian wheelchair woman with some kind of special horses guard. What What the
2: hell was going on with that? Black berets. She was wearing a leather jacket. The dude who was assisting her had like a duster
0: no, I, this was this like Doug Jones looking tall,
2: creepy. This was either dude. a
0: paramilitary
1: organization or somebody's World of Darkness game. Like this was.
2: That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying, guys? Guys, it's just a LARP group. I, <laughs> it is Penny Peabody <laughs>
0: is an elaborate <laughs> I pray LARP. To God, group. we get more of this side of things in Sabrina.
2: Into the LARP group, because like the guys it's so
0: deep. These people, <laughs> Tony Todd. There's
2: just like. Like the amount of like, leather straps that were just across his chest, needlessly, because it didn't have anything to do with holding up the gun that he had also strapped across and was holding it. And then, like, No, that was to hold together his clockwork body. (laughs) Cat,
0: keep up.
1: (laughs) They are. It
3: was so excessive.
1: They are ruthlessly chasing an aesthetic that none of us could ever hope to achieve.
3: It's it's hellboy. They're just living in a
1: warehouse. They need the drugs.
0: <sighs> they... Or the Dybbuk again, like, cause it's yeah. actually in there. So, Oh no, right.
1: I got it. They need the she chains and the leather cr- straps for their costumes. Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> the crate's just a delivery mechanism. Right. Anyway, she explains that Jughead is taking over for the ghoulies, according to Peabody. And like that he's just in charge of doing regular de- deliveries to this. <laughs> I this, LARP group slash death cult in Greendale and at this point I feel like I will go buy a hat, fuck it and then eat it if this shit ever comes up again because this is just they can't make this into what Riverdale is
1: about
2: they can't, they can't, right?
3: they can't
1: some folks need to go for a long time gratuitous hand motion When they go out to LARP. I (laughs) this It is they are suggesting a mythos
0: here (laughs) that I cannot even begin to comprehend. No, there's like I said, there's no way that this is going to stick, which is like a long running theme I have with this episode, is that it's a fever dream more than the other episodes are fever dreams. And they can't possibly deliver on the it? What if they mean
3: it? (laughs) What do they well, mean? I said what I was
0: going to do.
2: What if we get a fish I person? I said what I was going to do. What if, Rob?
0: Well, what if Jughead truly was beaten by a horny fish man? Who
1: drives away in his souped-up hearse, because Lord knows
0: they're not showing us those either. Okay, that's another thing for the Sabrina checklist souped-up hearse, please. Okay, yeah, all right, great, Okay let's try it so hard now to get back into the beat by beat archie and jughead discuss how fucking weird all this was and how they must have accidentally dropped acid presumably and jughead drops the episode title along with the acid and (laughs) well archie these
1: truly are our tales from the dark side
0: (laughs) (laughs) basically he agrees that he's gonna try to get out of this mess and i'm sure that he'll succeed he'll just get out of it he's a good smart boy rob
2: They also, right after that, Jughead was like, maybe it's just a tale from the dark side. And then, like, two seconds later, he said, maybe we could just go to library. And I'm really happy that we've gotten to the point in Riverdale where we're just dropping articles.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jughead spent some time (laughs) over, over, across the pond... And now he says, go to library (laughs) and go to hospital.
0: Yep. It's good. I'm sure that this drug deal won't come back to bite me in future. (laughs) Yes. (sighs) Drughead then visits F.P. Jones, whose face is just fine because Penny, of course, was lying. And And they've
2: really dug in on this 24601 thing. I wasn't sure if that was going to be consistent, but it is. It's been consistent.
0: Apparently, Penny has blackmailed F.P. via grainy surveillance footage of Jughead and Archie unloading the crate and he confronts her and and she's like imagine what it would do to your dad's heart break it right if I showed him this video or took this video to the sheriff and I'm like hold on now so Penny's vengeful against FP I I get that there's some history and apparently Jughead's just your bitch now but like is Jughead her bitch now because picking up a crate is illegal in Riverdale or Creamdale? The crate had a I, like, demon really in it, Rob, or a small Houdini. That. that is a crime. I guess maybe it's trespassing, right? If the LARP death cult don't admit to letting them in to the warehouse, and that's what they could get in trouble for? Maybe? But it just seems a little bit like, this is the damning incriminating video evidence, and it's like, well, is it really It seems now? like it certainly
1: does open up a lot more questions for like well how do you know what was in there we've got a bunch of follow up questions that maybe don't leave Penny Peabody looking great
0: but then we get hit by another title card which is Josie this and we realize at this point that they're really doing <laughs> it. they're really doing Tales from we the Dark escape. Side this is really what we're yeah. doing this
1: Josie story is weird in as much as the fiction it spins about how Josie lives her life how much time she spends in the music room at school specifically <laughs>
2: covers only only covers covers.
1: (laughs) until like midnight
0: um writing songs is hard you guys we learned that that last season yeah so this shit actually is just tales from the dark side we're doing an anthology so we open up with a lovely janitor jump scare uh, the first of
1: many over the next several episodes (laughs)
0: yes the fact that josie's like There, in the middle of the night, practicing her weird covers, and that the janitor's just like, "Well, you know, go out the side like you usually do, Josie." Is further indication that the security situation at Riverdale High isn't. Say what you will. This is the same place that Jughead had his little Harry Potter suite. Yeah. So say what you will about
1: Southside High, they do care about the security of their campus. Riverdale High,
0: like Riverdale High, is a fucking free for all anyway. Josie is caught by Mary McCoy and admonished to get home before dark from now on. Josie confides to Cheryl that her vocal cord polyps swell up when she's stressed and interfere with her ability to sing, which is a fun plot detail with a level of specificity that I'm sure doesn't mean it's about to be a (coughs) plot device. (sighs) She's working on songs without the pussycats, as it turns out. And the reason for this is because the fucking milkshake song got Josie some one some alone time with with some studio executive of all the things that have happened it was the milkshake song at the save pops thing that really got the attention of the movers and shakers it
1: really just sealed the deal
0: and we get a creepy stalker teddy bear locker surprise accompanied by some super expository maiden butler dialogue about what's going on where characters talk about things that they are not This is your know.
1: third strange gift this week. I know. They <laughs> keep you know, appearing Bob. in my locker and I'm not sure why or who is sending them to me.
2: In the context <laughs> though, gosh, can we, in the context of us knowing where it's going, it makes so much sense though. Yes. this This segment is so good knowing where it ends up. It is good's an interesting thing. No, but like, cap. yes, I... Okay, well, granted, never the, mind. The I twist take ending. back my statement and I fully acknowledge what you're saying, Rob. <laughs> the twist ending
1: has some problems. Wait, can
2: I just be...
0: Can I yeah, be real yeah. for a second? Fuck this segment.
2: But, okay, sure. <laughs> you leave Cheryl alone! Oh, interesting. Okay, but...
3: Uh, okay anyway (laughs) but if
2: we're not doing that (laughs) if we're dealing with the with with what she's doing instead of that um like Hmm. all of her behavior throughout all of it and all of her weird dialogue and everything i'm just like yeah that's what you do yeah
1: no
3: it it makes sense in that context it's so weird Mm -hmm. that it
0: does it's so weird it works works so well and
2: their song choice and everything at one point john's like it's so funny that they keep cutting off before they get to the having to use the gender bit in the in spooky, and I'm like, that uh-huh. there's a reason. Oh my god! You know, uh huh.
0: It's strangely well constructed. There is no reason for a stupid, <laughs> like, horrible
1: again for something that does not seem to have any payoff in the broad term.
2: No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. And Who like, knows it, it only if ever fucking come back. But it only it leaves really me with more tight. questions. Yeah.
0: Like, this episode is in a fucking snow globe, you guys. Yeah, but this
2: section was very tight for a thing that didn't need to be.
0: No, exactly. So we get another late night practice interrupted by Chuck Clayton, Uh, who has somehow failed to get dead (laughs) since the last time we saw him, which disappointed me. Uh, Josie instantly rejects his advances and... Then we have her having another worry about her throat, uh, shutting down Cheryl's offer to, and I quote, help her career blossom. Fuck you, show. Seems like Cheryl's using the whole Nick thing to like weirdly indirectly guilt Josie or like attach to her more. And I'm just going to point it out here. Apparently there is eucalyptus steam in the high school. There is a eucalyptus steaming Facility. Their school
2: is very nice. It's very weird. G- yeah. Granted, how is their school this nice? How we do know that
0: the municipal budgets around here are massively convertible
2: and
1: I was going to say they just shut down and subsumed <laughs> another school.
0: <laughs> okay, they just closed a homeless shelter on got the that, south side that. and improved the right. power.
1: There are no traffic lights on the south side. That was all <laughs> redistributed. <laughs>
2: Okay, okay, an animal shelter just gone. Yeah,
0: yep, yeah, that's, again, this <laughs> town. What? <sighs>
2: okay, you could just right. so, cool.
0: Yep, she's going to do that. The Pussycats got a note in their locker as well, apparently, and they confront Josie about clawing them in the back, and apparently the Pussycats are broken up now because of her pursuit of solo greatness. Then we get a chuck jump scare. <laughs> Josie asks for a ride home, which I suppose is only a decent decision because of the literal serial killer situation. Right, I have going in my notes why, it's Chuck-
2: Josie? No, because we know
0: the black hood is white. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. So they end up doing this date, not a date thing. It pops for. Some I hated season. everything
1: about this. This was the worst <laughs> thing.
0: It was. It's the worst. Ugh. And Chuck has this whole story about his redemptive transformation and Pops just waddles over and corroborates that he's been going to church and, like, they insist that Pops was not paid off to say this, but let's look at this for a second. Pops is in business with Hyper Lodge.
2: <laughs> Are we sure that he's not paid Ag- off to say it? Again,
1: I hate everything about this.
2: I also, like, they, yeah. He says at one point that he like wants to draw comics or kids' books and stuff, which like that's that's Chuck Clayton from the comics. That's what he's like. Okay. In the comics, yeah, he's, an he's an like a good, okay. nice boy.
3: Yeah. In I the g- comics,
2: I love him very dearly. And I'm like, don't you dare make this Chuck related to that good boy.
1: Because well, he's not
2: that good boy. The
1: only thing that Riverdale seems to be able to do with, like, these established side characters is just turn them into gross sex criminals.
2: Right? It's not...
0: This is a recurring theme.
1: It's, it's three okay. times, at yeah. least.
2: So, yeah, you don't get to do that. You don't get to be like, now that we've ruined him, he's the comics character. It's like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not.
0: It's just to yeah. hurt you, cat. No. And so Chuck wants to dance. What is this fucking show? And the Phantom Choreographer from the Vixen Dance-Off returns (laughs) as these two kids just dance like they've been practicing for weeks.
2: (laughs) It's so weird. Who in the world would do this?
0: Ah, I
1: see you too have been apparently, visiting Salvatore in your off hours.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So, okay, Mayor McCoy bursts into Pops because apparently the RFID tag that she secretly fed her daughter has led her there. Okay, but thank
1: God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> she said a very mom line. She was like, I've been texting you forever. And I'm like, yeah, that's this feels right. This feels mm-hmm, like a mom yeah. and a child just ignoring so,
0: things we get some exposition from Mayor McCoy that the Black Hood is apparently emboldening racism. Like Donald Trump, you guys get it? And McCoy is getting death threats. And Josie denies getting suspicious packages, even when sort of directly asked,
1: because... Have you received these strange packages, (laughs) 3? No, Mom, I have not.
2: (laughs) Why? 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 Why does everybody in this show lie? <laughs> because it's
0: a cheap way of creating well, hollow, I, empty conflict and distracting us from how dumb everything is, I guess. If you look at what is ostensibly
1: working. her reasoning, which is she believes it's Chuck leaving notes and gifts, all you've done is downscale it from a murderer is leaving me notes to a sex criminal is leaving me notes. You don't want either of those things happening. You no, tell your mom when she you asks tell your
2: you. your mom. God damn it.
1: Especially if your mom's
0: the freaking I mean, mayor. Yeah, I mean, her mom is a horrible Her fascist, mom is terrifying. But like, but like, Jesus. But like, I still feel like maybe you say something because even Keller's there yes. asking. Like, hey, I'm the one who, though I have admittedly done the worst <laughs> job, I'm ostensibly in charge of keeping everyone safe. And I would like to know if I need to keep you safe. And Josie's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't understand.
2: They also went into some of the specific things that I'm like, oh, geez, I hope this doesn't happen to the mayor, even though the mayor's no good. But they they say that they're going to slit her throat and cut out her heart. And I'm just like, geez, I don't want that to happen to the mayor. Those are bad uh-uh. things. No,
1: that's a lot.
0: No, I just want her to lose a <laughs> yeah. <her> job. She, <laughs> she, she do have else. this job. I want her to lose yeah. an election and go do <laughs> honest work somewhere. That's Agree. what I want for her. Uh, we'll get later in episodes, later in this episode, that she's actually getting a lot of good things. But. Um, <laughs> So Cheryl calls Josie out on the Chuck thing and, like, about the stalking. And creepy janitor man gets a music sting and a sudden glare at the camera when stalking is mentioned. And I legitimately (laughs) laughed so hard I (laughs) cried.
1: What is this show? (laughs) Stalking?
3: (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) mm.
2: I'm glad that oh, they've God. decided that we so, need to care about this character now. <laughs>
0: yeah, and they're being so... What I like about it is that they're weaving oh, it in so subtly. It's the
1: gentlest of touches, Rob.
0: <laughs> We've been in this segment for like literally seven <laughs> minutes and we're already <laughs> at this level,
3: guys. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we get a scary stalker portrait in the locker and another note and what looks like a gift-wrapped pig How? heart.
1: Do they know that it's a pig's heart,
0: though? If you show me a Minor, heart- Minor, like, level zero cantrip, identify well, animal organ.
2: <laughs> I mean, they know because- well, be- <laughs> They
0: because know because Cheryl <laughs> uses them in her witchcraft.
2: <laughs> she does,
0: though, Rob. God damn it.
1: Cheryl Blossom yeah, is a witch.
0: You think- I said it like a joke, but it's not. Like, if she shows up on Sabrina, I'll be like, yes, of course- then we wrap back to the get-out-of-the-way Bert and Ernie, which means we're really doing trick-or-treat rather than Tales from the Dark Side. We're doing a horror anthology where the timelines cross and crisscross. Yep. Okay. Neat. They Neat. confront Chuck. Neat and Josie. <laughs> yes. Josie throws him under the bus to the creepy janitor. I mean, fuck this guy, but also, like, really, we don't know that it's him at all. No. <laughs> we just super don't know We're not on
2: his side, but... No. I
0: don't care what happens to him, but I feel like this is a shitty thing for Mm -hmm. Josie and Cheryl to do. And like that matters to me a little more. Anyway, we get her practicing music again and she just gets her fucking throat cut by the black hood. But it's fine because of course it's a dream.
1: (laughs) Really needs to cool it with the murder dreams. Because anytime (laughs) now I see a character in danger, I assume assume that that it is a dream. (laughs)
2: That's very funny. They've failed.
1: They have they have shown their hand a few too many times. <laughs> they've
2: gone out the other side.
1: Where it's like four out of five physically dangerous situations is in fact some sort of dream.
0: You, <sighs> yeah. you just you play so, that
1: card too many times, and it's a boy who cried wolf situation.
0: It really is, and so she wakes up, and apparently the dream is kind of psychosomatic because she's having like extreme laryngitis is what's mm-hmm. actually going on. Uh, So her throat is is actually messed up in the exact way that she mentioned in that oddly specific bit of exposition earlier. So then we cut to Cheryl, who is drawing one of the creepy portraits and, okay, and listening to Josie singing, and this should be an actual thing instead of just out of nowhere and going nowhere, which is clearly what this is. (laughs) Nothing has ever telegraphed itself as like, this isn't real and it doesn't matter and we're just cheaply going for intrigue than this scene so far in Riverdale, in my opinion. Yeah. There's no way this is actually the show, right? Like, that's not what this character arc is going to be, is
2: it? Because like, they show them, well, I guess that's just this episode, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. I feel like I've just been screaming this whole well, time. I looked so at
1: some of my, my <laughs> waveforms, and I have been peeking a lot more <laughs> than is typical because I've been shrieking.
0: Also, I have to point out where the actual fuck <laughs> did... Cheryl, get a recording of Josie practicing yeah, this okay. song for Fair. her iPod. I was gonna
2: say, where'd she get that pig's heart? But she did get a pig's heart. That happened. She's got uh, connects,
0: apparently.
2: I. This is a song that
0: she is
3: workshopping, actively, yeah. like
0: working on and practicing after school. And there's like a studio a quality
3: recording, recording yeah. of it. That's
2: definitely a thing that happened. I. What's fascinating to me about it is like. I think what we're meant to take away is that because of how Cheryl operates, I think the show just wants us to understand that Cheryl likes Josie, and that it's probably not going to work out. I don't think they've put more thought into it than that. But there's so many
1: implications,
2: right? It's like, okay, I get that show, but like she's stalking her in a very scary way,
0: (laughs) and we've had nothing. We'll we'll discuss this more.
3: We've had
1: nothing in the show, indicate to us yet that this is how Cheryl would process this sort of thing.
3: No. Like, no. it took a
1: sharp turn towards single white female. Like, it just, like, it feels like you want to cut her open and wear her skin, Cheryl. It's very <laughs> inappropriate. Yes.
2: And she was so yes. effective at it. Like, she was so good at isolating her. And so good. Like, she well, was so good at it. It doesn't surprise me that it. she would be
1: good at that stuff. No,
2: it doesn't and surprise me God that she's good at it her. Like, she's Cheryl. But, but like, whoa, Cheryl. And like. She stated at one point that the reason was that like that this th- that this all started up after she saved her. And I'm like, OK, I got gotcha. you. I got I got I get it, Cheryl. But like Jesus. Like, it's fine if she
0: likes Josie now. But like, why is she right, No, evil? but It's the yeah.
1: way that she likes Josie that is <laughs> concerning. I'm all for I'm having. I'm all for her I,
2: liking her. Yeah, yeah, please.
1: That would be very interesting. They would be make like a great power couple. But, but not yes. like this.
2: But yes, not like indeed.
0: this. But yeah,
1: she's not like, like always this.
2: clearly like kind of liked her, you know. Like they've been close. No, they've yes. been good friends and all but that. What is but like, this? Oh my god!
0: No, I again, we'll 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 get back to this point. So now we're back at the Poirot reference before drug leaves
2: for the Peabody <laughs> deal, and we that's get stupid Poirot and we get, reference. We get
0: hit. We get. Is it because Murder on the Orient Express got adapted oh, recently? Why, at the point that the episode why was filmed. They're...
2: They're being is that why?
0: Maybe that is why. Okay, just it's, we're just we're just. Oh look, Kenneth Branagh did a thing. That has
2: to be it because why else? Like, there's no other good reason. Like, I love Poirot, but there's nothing. There's no reason. He hasn't
0: been relevant except for five minutes around the time and, right. this was like, filmed.
2: And there's nothing character wise to tie. You well, know, That's, right? No,
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> they just got tired of throwing
1: around Truman right. Capote quotes.
0: <laughs> Title card: Betty and Veronica. Kevin is worried about his dad and all the pressure from, you know, being the world's worst sheriff. He's not sleeping, not eating. He's going weird places. It's like he's a different person, fuck you show. And then, like, Veronica exposits on this situation saying, poor Kevin, he's like a character in a lost Tennessee Williams play. (laughs) Um, Is there a reason that that's what she comes up with? Or a reason that this makes sense? Or is this show just saying words? I got
1: nothing. I think that was just word salad.
0: I just... Uh, okay. Consensus, cat, is that this was just just nonsense? nonsense just it, it, like it's there's nothing actually to it. Okay. Betty brings up the fact that she thinks that they could kind have of do this cute thing where they're like, I have a thing, a theory about Sheriff Keller. Let's say it on three. Three, two, one. He's Black Hood. He's boning someone on the side. Veronica thinks it's an affair. Betty thinks he's the Black Hood. And so they're going to figure that out together. So Veronica plans a sleepover with Kevin and Betty Betty interviews Keller about how Black Hood got into the jail, which she says, oh, it was forced entry. Here's some photos I took. Like, Betty literally asks the sheriff to discuss his ongoing murder investigation. And he's like, okay, well, young lady, here, let she me She clearly learned that from her
1: mother because we saw in season one, when she brought FP to, when Alice brought FP to dinner, she's like, have you done any crimes recently? And this is just her doing the same exact thing to Keller. <laughs> Except it, it works. It did work this time. <laughs> it worked. Why
2: is he in the police? <laughs> what happened the last time when uh, Archie was like, I want to ride along with you. He was like, no, right? I think so.
1: <laughs> you can't do that. This is dangerous. But he's like, nah, I'll just throw all of it out there for you, kid.
3: Keller. We could hi. use
1: the publicity. <laughs> I can't.
0: <laughs> so we then hard cut to Veronica sleeping over at Kevin's place where she is informed that in some fucking board game yes, they're playing, board you guys. Game. That if you roll a six, you can take over the kingdom of Theodore.
3: It's so cute. What game is this?
0: (laughs) I hope you're right, because
2: it's so cute. How cute is this sleepover? It's adorable, but it's about to get very erotic. Point out.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well. I have to point out, too, that I was very concerned when I first saw this whole Kingdom of Theodore situation that Riverdale might have been doing D&D dirty the same way they did, you know, police procedure, drag racing, high school, (laughs) human relationships, every other thing. Business, (laughs) crimes. Like, I... And I was concerned that maybe that was the extent of what yeah. they know about d I, I will say again. And I was like, oh, is that what just happened? I hope that's not what happened. I really
1: have no conception of what the writers of this show do know, because they have proven to me that they do not know much more than they have proven to me that they do.
0: Well, and crucially, they have proven beyond the shadow of all doubt. That they approach topics on which they are experts <laughs> and topics on which they have not read the Wikipedia article with equal mm-hmm. confidence.
2: I I, I don't want to talk about why I know this or anything, but I know that it's not what they think D D is.
1: Well, I, I have an well, inkling as to why that might be.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, perhaps that'll be something
1: for perhaps. a future recording. Uh,
2: but... but I I love I love everything about this sleepover that isn't the stuff that happens a- on it later
0: (laughs) but like no the that's funny because that's the stuff the actual sleepover part
1: (laughs) is very idyllic and cute
2: it's very cute it's like it's like
0: it's
3: adorable i
2: remember actual sleepovers being like because like as a teen i was pretty much still a child like many teens are and i love that kevin's like that that he's Mm -hmm. just like this is what i was like as a kid why aren't you still like this?
0: It's very good. Yep. It's very, very good, good, Kevin. <laughs> it was yeah, Kevin is a very yeah. good boy. Uh, but then we get so, a
1: dramatic musical sting.
0: Yes, Betty calls and sort of puppet masters some snooping around via phone because she's still on this like he's so obviously the black hood because I just decided he was. And we of course are like you have to go in the basement. <laughs> And she's like, just see if something jumps out at you. That's what she said. And Veronica agrees, because why not? We hear ominous Mm -hmm. grunting.
1: I feel like if I'm at a
2: sleepover and I hear ominous grunting, there's no need for me to continue.
1: Yeah, at that point, I will turn around and I will go back to my host's room and I'll be like, all right.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Let's
1: let's talk about the the kingdom of Theodore.
0: You don't have Betty in your ear. You don't have Betty in your ear urging you on and you are not a character on Riverdale.
2: Okay. okay, that's fair. I'm not wearing a, so, a silk pajama set and my bed pearls. The pajamas in this yeah. show. <laughs> so, Keller's
0: lifting downstairs.
2: <laughs> lifting also shouldn't require that much grunting. Keller, what are you doing? <laughs> lift lift well. It's It's fine.
1: I I have been to some gyms where people have been very vocal.
2: Okay, fair. I'm Keller not saying it's really right. Grunting.
0: It, it's g- generally disconcerting, actually. Yeah. So we discover the answer to a question that we've had for a long time. Why is Keller bad at being a sheriff? It's because he's spending all his time getting fucking <laughs> yeah, jacked. Yeah, he really
2: is. <laughs>
0: he's a ripped individual. Like, I had to watch this part a couple of times to get the story <laughs> out of it. <laughs> <laughs> because he... I started daydreaming about being run down by a freight train, but in the good way. <laughs>
2: Bless you.
1: He looks not unlike Hugh Jackman in the later Wolverine movies.
2: <laughs> he is very rich.
0: <laughs> Just like uh, a big old so, muscly
1: tree trunk.
0: Yeah. No, he's <laughs> he's a wall who can hug you after. Anyway. And God. So He... Veronica fishes for information because she wants to, like, settle this matter of, like, is he the killer or is he just having an affair? And god damn it, show, did she have to say it this way? <laughs> because I'm going to give you a fucking quote. A direct quote from the show. It must get super hard. <laughs> she did say that! Within an ellipse that, like, is, like, 90 periods long. And then with all the pressure without mrs keller
3: jesus <laughs>
0: christ this show. he also
1: <laughs> responds to her questioning by saying he quote does it for discipline
0: not as that and to for push his limits and pushing his limits <laughs> and so
2: why do we watch this schlock kevin
0: just pops down <laughs> being all innocent and he's like veronica what are you doing down here getting ready to fight your dad apparently (laughs) hey
1: veronica it's me kevin who had a sleepover has never once in his life had a sexual thought what's happening
3: he has milk
1: (laughs) he's kind of like i I got
0: warm milk for us it's time to go to bed we gotta brush our teeth And, like, again, during that conversation, he's she's like, I had no idea you worked out this much. Archie Andrews, look out. Yeah,
2: that was... It was a thing that certainly happened. That was the beginning of a war. See, right, it was.
1: Veronica is uh. also very bad at her job as an investigator. It's true. Well, the,
2: the only piece of actual information that we got is that Kevin's mom is in the Navy.
0: Yep. Uh, um... <laughs> Veronica sees Keller sneaking out in the middle of the night, and she relates that fact to Betty at Pops. Betty references that a Jingle Jangle addict was struck by a train last night, and Betty's pretty sure that it's the same train that I was referencing (laughs) earlier. Romp. Please. (laughs) And man, Betty's just out for blood against Keller. She has this level of certainty that he's the Black
2: Hood (laughs) that just baffles me. What I think of as the Alice factor where I'm just like, Betty, whoa, come on, you got to like have any amount of proof. But she's just like, no,
0: I've made a decision. I believe this. Betty would really hate to find out just how exactly like her mom she is in some ways. But anyway, she's like, all right, I'm going to break into Keller's house and i'd like to point out that the sheriff of this town besieged by murder uh keeps his door key under a flower pot on his front porch Mm -hmm. which is probably how that fucking murder board werewolf got in and destroyed all the evidence earlier speaking of
1: which we're about to see a second murder board
0: indeed so betty can pick locks instantly which is a good skill Uh, She finds a black hood, and on cue, Keller just walks right the fuck in on her.
1: Okay, I will also say, as she finds that black hood, I have become, especially over this spate of three episodes that we're reviewing this evening, I've become increasingly convinced that Riverdale is less a show about the Archie comics continuity and more a show about one man's determined crusade to show off his erotic mask collection.
3: (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, you're not wrong. (laughs) There are a lot of masks.
1: There are a lot of masks.
0: (laughs) Hal Keller and Betty are seen to be having a a real sit down and talk it out moment. Keller apparently has alibis for just everything that has happened. And Keller states that he's just not going to tell his son because it'd break his heart. Like, probably. Like, Betty, (laughs) I think you're really fucked up. Yeah. But it's fine because actions don't have consequences in this Mm -hmm. show. No. Betty and Veronica stake out Keller's house, and out he comes. They follow him to a hotel, with Betty just brazenly striding out to follow what she is actively assuming is a murderer getting ready to do a murder. Good choice. But we find out instead that Keller is boning the mayor. I was very surprised. Were you? I mean, not like, oh, this changes everything. I was like, oh, okay, show. All right.
1: It wasn't a third option. They were- Veronica was right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, when Veronica was like, this is what's up, I was like, oh, he's probably boning the mayor.
0: Yeah, so they sort of process this at Pops, and Jughead and Archie come in, but Betty and Veronica don't join up with them because they don't want to mess with the narrative timeline. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, because the boys look busy. Yep. <laughs> God damn it. And of course, Cheryl and Josie are also seated nearby, and it's just so insufferably, like, the show is so proud of itself that it's done Look this. at this neat
1: little bow we've tied.
0: <laughs> it's it's so convinced that it's so much more impressive than it is.
2: Guys, it did great. <laughs> they did such oh. a good
0: job. <laughs> and Pops answers the phone and it's Black Hood and he says the test has failed because there are still people who are not good. And the reckoning is upon us. <sighs> and that's our episode. <laughs>
1: Fuck. I feel like I've lived a hundred lifetimes while we tried to describe <laughs> what happened here.
0: I know. I know. It may never get this weird again trying to discuss it. Weirder stuff will happen, but at least it'll be in like a story. <laughs> but let's let's do our segments. It's time. Okay. That's that's what we okay. have to
2: do now. Fine. Okay.
1: It's getting increasingly more difficult for me to differentiate anything from Weekly Weird.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: just slowly eating the other segments. But it's, yeah, time for Riverdews. Who wants to start? I've spoken for literally lifetimes.
2: Um, what did I like?
1: Um, I'm gonna say... (laughs) That is a big question for this episode. And I am actually going to say that something that I liked was that Veronica's reckoning about Sheriff Keller was accurate. She has good people sense, and we will see this continue to pay off.
2: Okay, but Quinn, she kept calling it her woman's intuition. That was very bad.
1: That was actually very bad, though. That part of it was awful.
2: You're, yeah it was
0: but at least we didn't at least we didn't validate betty's nonsense no, in this no, episode right. so that would have been horrible good.
3: it's just like
1: if veronica lodge knows one thing it's when someone's out doing a sex yeah so good for her for figuring that one out this episode was yeah. a lot i'll take my victories so where much. i can find them
2: that's a good point it's a good point
1: You just completely ignore all of the woman's intuition stuff, because that's very bad.
2: No, you're right. I'll tell you, I got a good one in that, like, I really did appreciate how, like, like, I appreciated how much Kevin was like, we're going to do a sleepover, and then he did a sleepover. Because these kids are never children, ever. And they're
1: on the young end. They're like 14, 15.
2: Yeah and it was it was yeah, very sweet I, there was nothing to it and he really tried to teach her that board game and she didn't care at all <laughs> and I, she really didn't. i
0: love kevin extra much after this episode yeah, it's the whole true.
2: thing it seemed very relatable to me mm-hmm. and yeah, very it actually, relatable. It actually, yeah
0: in hindsight the idea that i like a character more than i did before this episode <laughs> yeah. is fucking miraculous <laughs>
1: Uh... I don't know, Rob. I am ride or die for McGinty at this point.
0: <laughs> okay, fair. Which sags into my Riverdew real well because my Riverdew is literally Tony Todd.
2: That's a really good one.
0: I was so shocked and instantly deliriously happy that they got him for this and that he committed so hard to their terrible lines and just... Tony Todd does the work. He is such a real actor, <laughs> and I love him so much. <laughs> he was like this shining bright spot in this goddamn mess. They made him do this, and he did it, and he did it so he hard.
1: Really <laughs> he really came in, and he earned that paycheck.
2: He really did steal the eighteen dollars <laughs> from that kid.
0: <laughs> And he made it seem really nefarious. No, and, no but what's my motivation and
1: here? <laughs> you need this kid's lunch money. I'm
0: stealing $18 from that
3: boy.
1: This is the first meal you've had in about 48 hours.
0: Yeah, so I, I, that that I was can't. so my river, too.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, river don'ts.
1: There's a lot that, that we could put out here. I mean, I'm going to say just. All of that big pile of implications about Cheryl and Josie, very in favor of her liking <sighs> Josie, but this is very bad. Why did uh, the pig's heart, the creepy sketches, the music,
0: it's all too much. And poisoning oh, her? Oh, yeah. I apparently, mean, apparently, spoiler.
1: spoiler alert, like, some phantom thread stuff happening here, apparently.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I Quinn. I literally couldn't agree with you more because this is also my river. Dump. Good,
1: good, because it's awful. It is,
0: <laughs> like, is what they did to Cheryl. In her, this episode. her
1: arc has been through a lot and she's made some bad decisions here and there. Like, that the but show. They're
0: working so hard. On this fucking redemption arc with her and making her more likable and like understanding her vulnerability and stuff, and then like just like the last worst fucking episode of Riverdale when she suddenly was like okay with Chuck for no goddamn reason just to further the plot, it's like you can't do that to the character that you're trying to well, do a again,
1: face turn with. She is the Vegeta of Riverdale until they decide that she's just the worst. Yeah, like
2: yeah, it's a real and real they need to the fucking decision. stuff. Well, so. It's she's not the Vegeta, right? Here's the she's the child Alice.
0: She just does what the show needs, and it's
2: not fair in that second, and it's,
0: it's not, it fair, to not her. fair, just like it's not, it's fair, not fair to Alice. To Alice no, either. I completely agree. They, they
2: deserve better because, because really, I think that they're both like my favorite characters they're at this ve-
0: point. They have some very interesting yeah. stuff. No, I, was gonna, I was gonna say, like, gun to my head at this point in the show, I think Cheryl's actually Cheryl's my, favorite character. my favorite
2: character, and I think of the adults, like. Like, it's FP, but right after FP, it's yeah, Alice. Nope, me like, too. I, I,
0: you got it. I love Alice. <laughs> yeah, Alice by the is way, we, we did the character poll at the end of the first season, but now Cheryl and FP are like, yeah, favorites. I mean, FP
2: is definitely my favorite, but after FP, it's Alice. She's fascinating, and it's, it's, She's never know what you're going to get because of you never know what you get. You're going to get. And she's like she's amazing when she's evil and she's amazing when she's good. She's just
0: it, it helps by having literally one of the best actresses on television. Yes, absolutely. To be you. <laughs> um,
2: but she's just like a deeply compelling character in in the same way yeah. that Cheryl is. And it's just like it is it's difficult how much I don't trust them with her.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, as as I've pointed out just a million times in the season one episodes with just Quinn. But like. This show has a disturbing pattern of breaking female characters to suit the momentary needs of the story in a shallow way. Mm -hmm. Like, they do it to everyone, but female characters get it the worst, and Cheryl and Alice get it the worst of the worst.
1: It has not been kind to Betty Um, either, but... No.
0: No, they, they, they sort of practiced that technique on Betty very early in the show, and then like decided that their favorite targets were... I mean, likely... The stronger actresses, yeah, actually, I think sense. is probably what They can what handle it came down the twists
1: like, and turns.
0: But that's not what you do. Don't reward excellence with garbage. No.
1: This is Riverdale, um. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I guess, yes. I guess yeah, mine's- you, we, we need your Riverdale. Yeah, I guess my Riverdale's truck. Like,
0: Yeah, also just, fuck that guy. Just truck whatsoever. Yeah,
2: it's just like- because of like what it means what he means to Riverdale and like I don't I really don't like that I don't like anything that they've done with Chuck from the moment that he showed up Mm -hmm. like I don't like what they did to the like the nice black character from the comics right who's what he was Mm -hmm. and and I don't like that since they made those decisions they've since used him to, like, show up and turn the knife, which, are like, fine, if you're going to do that, okay, that's what he is. And then, now they're doing this, like, but he's a good boy thing, but, nah, they're going to, like, throw no. him under the bus and do, like, I, nothing yeah. Nothing about this is okay. Nothing about I this would, is okay.
1: in general, like, for the show to just, like, take a sabbatical on the sex crimes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Please. You're not... You're not always the best at them.
0: I mean, because, yeah, like, for every time you have Nick St. Clair and things are handled mm-hmm. really well, like, you have all this other nonsense. Yeah. yeah. they're they're really throwing that spaghetti. Yeah. They're throwing a spaghetti at the sex crime wall, which seems irresponsible. It's incredibly
1: irresponsible. Yeah. I I agree. What uh, they're doing with Chuck is just
0: bad. Oh, now I'm going to church, so it's okay. What a great message. What a great fucking message. God. It's just not good. <sighs> All right, Quinn, take us home.
1: Weekly weirds.
0: That's right, <laughs> motherfuckers. All
1: right, look. <laughs> there's a lot. There's there's a lot, and I've got a big old pile of them. At least two of which have to do with dead animals. Like two two of my contenders have to do with dead animals. Okay. Why would why did he have to cover up so much, McGinty, about <laughs> the dead animals in his truck? Two, how did they know so quickly it was the heart of a pig <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> granted Cheryl put it there, uh-huh, but from like a why
2: okay, why? my question so was Cheryl like that's a pig's heart, and Josie looked at her and was like, I'm going to accept that you know right. what a pig's heart is
1: seems like you'd know that, Cheryl <laughs> <laughs>
0: we've been friends a long time. I know you're a witch,
1: <laughs> um, but my weekly weird is definitely going to be the circle of LARPers who are buying drugs in Greendale mm-hmm. because, like, it feels like the C-team cast from, like, an episode of Angel is just hanging out here, and it's like, it's too much. It's too much. There's so much, so many implications. Uh, I will say this, my curiosity to understand what's going on in Greendale is becoming nigh insatiable.
0: It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just a town full of Hellboy it's larkers. It's
1: just got a bunch of those tasty morsels, and I want to eat them up because... <laughs>
2: oh, fair, fair. <laughs> a town that has both that coroner and these people. And these it. people, right. Like, yeah.
1: oh my god.
0: Fair, good choice. All right, cat. Uh... What flipped your wig the most?
2: There's... I I don't know. There's just so much, Rob. Like...
0: I mean, this... It's... Again, we have to understand that, that this is a shining, like, perfect moment type of a weekly weird because this episode itself was a weekly weird. It was weird. so
2: weird. There were so many weird musical cues uh-huh. throughout. So many. Like, something that we didn't talk about at all during the Betty and Veronica one thing, like, that whole segment, was that, like... It had the stupidest musical thing that kept playing over and over and over throughout ad nauseum that the others didn't have. They didn't have that.
0: I didn't notice. No, good for
2: you. I'm glad you did it because it was stupid. <laughs> That's like, God, I'm just trying to think of one. All I can think of is things that annoyed me, like Jughead's shitty pen tattoo that we had to look up when he did his Poirot thing.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> the,
1: this, <sighs> this episode was just a big old weird pile.
0: I... Or like yeah. the the Tennessee Williams and Poirot, like the references that are even less grounded in anything than normal. Yes,
2: there's. I guess I guess it's not going to be like the record scratch at the top. <laughs> <laughs> tempting, <laughs> pretty tempting. And it's not going to be the CGI deer because, like, that's fine. Uh, I get.
0: It's network TV. We we have to make certain allowances. (laughs) I
2: guess it's gonna be the fact that they have a eucalyptus steam element. Uh Oh, cool!
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's (sighs)
2: uh, what? What? Definitely because we we know at this point how the town economics work. Like we know that they have like a permanently shut down a road or didn't build a bridge to make that happen.
1: Someone is being punished for their crimes like some yeah. large portion yeah. of probably the south side
2: the south side has like extended red lights with a a like a a clicker you know with a, mm-hmm. a polaroids set up oh, yeah. the people are dying yeah to no facilitate people are, the eucalyptus steam. yeah no like, like
0: yeah the eucalyptus steamer was paid for with the proceeds of saving money on public medical bill emergency room based taxes that the south side saved because of its annual purge i night.
1: can <laughs> guarantee you that at this point there is a not insignificant portion of the south side that has been legally declared blighted uh, there are as many bears as there
0: are residents there. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, good. That's a good weekly it just, weird. It doesn't make it's, any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't serve anything in the plot, and like again, it just shatters the, world, the building world building in such makes, bizarre ways. It doesn't make sense, just like Rob. the fact that magic is real and things like that, and that you know, deer can be no, undead like... and uh, project their ghosts, and just. There's so much. No, but much. like,
2: okay, but ghost projections and magic stuff, that all makes sense to me. This school that isn't even a goddamn private school having a eucalyptus room no. no sense.
0: And facilities to house the homeless. I can't, but,
2: I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. accept this.
0: No, it's, and it's just, it's so weird. And just why? Why? They didn't
2: have to say no, those words. they didn't have to say no, those words. No, they,
1: they could have said anything else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where they could have sent her to like, she could have said that and then gone to a spa that wasn't at her school.
0: Right. God, it almost feels like they specifically know that people do podcasts nerdily breaking down what happens in the show and they're just like, ha ha ha, I chew mean, on this, fuckers.
1: This is the Swiss banks are closing all over again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't even yes. think about Hiram right now. <laughs> going
3: to be the, like, uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man God. so so I, too, have a weekly weird, and as we suggested, it's the fucking box, because it, and by by extension, the implied canonicity of the Cthulhu mythos in Riverdale, (sighs) and H.P. Lovecraft himself having been somehow subsumed into his own body of work, and additionally the fact that this thing that the show kind of sets up is probably a crate full of drugs, if you read the side of the box and look at what the box looks like, no, 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 folks, it's a fucking shoggoth that's what's actually implied visually to be in the box because that's what you find on the polar expedition folks at the mountains of madness that's Mm -hmm. the thing it's a shoggoth box that's what penny peabody wanted these weirdos in greendale to have
1: (laughs) well that happened
0: on this
3: show i didn't make it up maybe that's
1: where they get the jingle jingle
0: rob you just
3: milk a Shoggoth. shoggoth juice i can't Why
2: is this a thing that happened?
0: I couldn't begin to tell you. They care too much about being cute. We need to
2: talk about it. (sighs) I know we've been avoiding it, but we need to talk about it.
0: Listeners, thank you so much for surviving through this with us. Because, goddamn. I I
1: hope this helps you make sense of your life in a post Tales from the Dark Side world. (sighs)
0: That's Tales from the Dark Side!
3: Good lord.